Hello, this is Pastor Logan with our Wednesday Bible study. Uh, we're continuing, and I think we'll end our long study of Celebration of Discipline by Richard J. Foster. And um, again, as I've said before, I hope uh, you have uh, taken the time to read through the book, if at the very least read through the notes uh, from the excerpt from the book uh, that I presented online each day. Um, this has been a, a, a phenomenal book, a book that um, you want to reread um, every other year, every two to three years, just to make sure that you are, you and I are um, shored up on our disciplines uh, uh, to transform and to enjoy all that God uh, sent Jesus down here for us to have. It would be ashamed for us to go to heaven one day and be with God, be of our Heavenly Father, and know that we missed out on so many wonderful promises that He gave us to enjoy in this lifetime. Today we're going to finish up with the um, celebration of joy, or the discipline of joy, uh, or, or the discipline of celebration. I keep saying joy because it's about joy. Um, and, and really, I, I think after reading this chapter for myself, it really showed me in this chapter how important um, celebration is to our Heavenly Father. As a matter of fact, it is the culmination of our knowing and becoming and, and the real, reality of what He has done for us, that we are truly in a jubilee. We're not hoping for jubilee to come. We're not waiting for jubilee to come. For us, jubilee has already come. Jubilee has happened. Our freedom has been uh, uh, obtained. And we have these great and precious promises whereby we are able to escape the corruption that is in this world through its evil desires and lust. We have it right now. We're not trying to obtain it. It's ours by faith right now. And we're walking in that. Um, and so when we grab hold of what he has already done for us, there's always the occasion for celebration. Every single day is an occasion for celebration. When we walk in the provision that God has given us, when we walk in the reality that as he is, so are we in this world. When we walk in the reality that our sins have been 100% forgiven, we're not trying to get God to forgive us. We're not trying to get him to take away our sins. It's already done. And the reality that we have all that we need right now through the knowledge of God to live a godly life. Those things calls for an occasion to celebrate, to worship, to praise, to dance, to sing, to show in our countenance that we have um, a party going on on the inside. So we're going to finish up today. I'm going to get through as many of these last points as I possibly can. If I don't, you'll have to finish the book for yourself, and hopefully you've done so. All right, number one, this is in the, 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 the last part of this. So we're in the path of joy. In other words, here's how you get to joy. Uh, number one, <clears throat> in the spiritual life, only one thing will produce genuine joy. And that is obedience. The old hymn tells us that there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust 
and obey. I'm sure you or possibly have heard that song, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. The hymn writer received his inspiration from the master himself, for Jesus tells us that there is no blessedness equal to the blessedness of obedience. In James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, it says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it, or you will be blessed. See, the blessing is in the obedience. And really, the obedience is in being Christ-like. In other words, having Christ, the true essence of him, flowing through every part of your very being. You know, obedience is really... Uh, evidence of our transformation. That's what it is. So it's, it's more organic than it is, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. No, it becomes a delight to do it. It becomes the desire to do it because it's in keeping with our true nature. When we don't delight to do with God's will, it means that there's an area of our soul that has not been transformed yet because our soul is really Really, when it's in connection with our newly born again spirit or our, our recreated spirit, then it truly does want to do the will of God. And at some point, we'll actually, when, when our soul gets in alignment with it, it will actually delight in it, want to get a thrill out of it, uh, make it a very festive occasion when we align those two things, our born again spirit and our soul. It's like this. Um, so, some animals, uh, like let's say um, cows, I understand, at least my understanding of cows is that they, they eat, uh, they're more uh, into plant life. In other words, they eat grass and hay and, you know, whatever, um, you know, they're, they're not meat eaters, they're not carnivores. So they delight in eating that. Now, lions, on the other hand, they like to eat meat. They like to, their, their delight is in meat. They, they're not really crazy uh, about um, plant life. So if you put the soul of a lion in a cow, there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some dislike because the cow in them is going to want to eat grass. But that soul of that lion in that cow is going to want to eat meat. But once that soul has been transformed and that cow really becomes a cow in his mind, he's going to delight in eating grass. But until that happens, there's going to be a bit of a challenge there between what his heart wants to do and what his soul is telling him. That's why the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's trying to get that old mind that is in the old nature of man to, to begin to um, enjoy the new nature, which is the born-again spirit, which is the spirit that is like Christ. 
But until that happens, we're going to have some tension between what our soul, our mind, our will, our intellect wants to do and what our heart really wants to do, what it delights in doing. So our heart really always wants to be obedient to God. It wants to. And therein lies the tension. Um, that's why uh, Paul would say in uh, the book of James, excuse me, the book of uh, Romans chapter 7, he says, the things that I, I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. And the things that I, I do are the things that I don't want to do. And so he's saying that there's a battle going on on the inside of him because I'm, I'm a new person and on the inside, but I'm battling with this, the carnality of my mind, my mind, my soul. And that's got to be transformed and renewed so that we can begin to celebrate. Celebration comes out of obedience. Celebration comes out of doing what our heart wants to do. Okay? Verse number two says, joy comes through obedience to Christ. And joy results from obedience to Christ. Without obedience, joy is hollow and artificial. So if you don't, if if there's not a, uh, that, again, that, that um, uh, alignment between our spirit that is born again and our soul, uh, then, we're, then we're not going to enjoy the obedience to Christ. Christ in us, Christ in us, that's what makes the difference. Without that obedience, joy is hollow and artificial. And we understand that anytime there is duplicity, you can't really enjoy it. You know, you may do something but your mind says this is not right. So even though you're doing something, you can't really enjoy it because you have that tension going on between uh, um, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Or, or uh, again, that duplicity of, of knowing that you, you shouldn't have done it and though you did it, uh, if that makes sense to you. So our celebrating is hollow. I'm going to dance, but I don't really want to. Uh, I don't know if you saw the movie um, 12 Years a Slave. But one of the, the 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 parts of that movie that one part of that movie that really grabbed hold of me uh, is when uh, those slaves were made to dance before their master. So they were woken in the middle of the night and they were called out to dance, uh, to celebrate, to be festive, um, uh, and to perform before their masters, and and to dance before them. And you could see it. You could feel the tension in that movie. I don't want to do this. This is not celebratory to me. I'm a slave and I'm being made to dance. It's not coming from my spirit. And so that's kind of how it is when we are, have a, have a um, challenge, an inward challenge with what we're doing and what we are feeling about what we're doing. Okay? Go watch the movie. Number three, to elicit genuine celebration, obedience must work itself into the ordinary fabric of daily lives, of our daily lives or daily living. Without that, our celebrating carries a hollow sound. For example, some people live in such a way that it is impossible to have any kind of happiness in their home. But then they go to church and sing songs and pray in the spirit, hoping that God will somehow give them an infusion of joy to make it through the day. They are looking for some kind of heavenly transfusion that will bypass the misery of their daily lives and give them joy. 
But God's desire is to transform the misery, not to bypass it. So going to church, participating in praise and worship, is not a substitute for obedience. The way we live our lives day to day are the things that call for us in corporate worship and praise and celebration to have a true experience and not to put on a performance. Did you hear what I just said? Going to church and worshiping at church is not a substitute for the way we live our day-to-day lives in the spirit of Christ. And if we do, then there's a hollowness that comes out of that, that, um, yeah, I was there and I did my performance. I did my penance by raising up my hands. I did my penance by singing songs of hymns and, and joyful songs but I'm hollow on the inside. I had no experience. It was There's nothing that I experienced, no overflow that came out of a lifestyle of obedience. So in order to make our corporate worship um, uh, experience full, it must come from a place of, of obedience in all aspects of our life, that Christ is living his life through me, through my marriage, through the way I treat my children, to the way I treat others, to the way I treat my own physical body, that it, all of it is a form of, of Christ in me, Christ living his life out in me in true heart of obedience, which makes celebration and, and the times I come together to worship a real um, fulfilling experience because it's an expression of my obedience. Number four, hope that made sense to you. Not that any of you are, are guilty of, of living um, <laughs> uh, one way uh, at home and another way uh, while you're in the corporate body. Number four, God's normal means of bringing his joy is by redeeming and sanctifying the ordinary junctures of human life. When the members of our family are filled with love and compassion and a spirit of service to one another, that family has a reason to celebrate. So all of it is about our relationships, how within our relationships that we are fulfilling the law of Christ, which is love, how well we fulfill the law of Christ's love, how well we love God with all of our heart, soul, and might, and love our neighbors as we love ourselves will determine how full or how hollow our corporate worship is or our times of celebration are. So God wants to really come into, as they say, the junctures of our human life, which our junctures of our human life are really, uh, by and large, relational. In other words, uh, if, if life were not about relationships, we'd all be making widgets in life and going on without any, um, uh, um, with, without any uh, contact with human, human beings. Life really is about all about really relationships. That's what life is. It's about how we live life with one another. It's about how we live life with our family members. It's about how we live life with those around us. That's the totality of life. Otherwise, 
We're just doing a function. But we're not made to just do a function. We we're made to use, live in unison with one another. And when we do that, um, um, there's reason to celebrate. <laughs> there's reason to get along. We'll see that even furthermore uh, uh, as we get along in this about uh, the practices of celebration. But celebration is to be done with others and with God. Number five, there's something sad in people running from church to church. You're not guilty of this. Let me start all over with this. There's something sad in people running from church to church trying to get an injection of the joy of the Lord. Joy is not found in singing a particular kind of music or in getting with the right kind of group or even in exercising the charismatic gifts of the Spirit. Good as all these may be, joy is found in obedience. If you are running from church to church or coming to a church looking for joy, you're going to be disappointed. Joy is in how we live a spirit-led, Christ-led, love walk, faith walk with others in obedience. And then we celebrate out of a lifestyle of obedience. So there's nothing to be found. If you're looking for joy in the right beat, the right sound of the music, not that those things don't enhance our worship experience, but if you're looking for it there, you're going to be sorely displeased if that's what you think where joy comes from. Joy has nothing to do with the sound of the music. If that be the case, then there will be a lot of joyful people in clubs because there's a good beat, there's a good sound, there's a good rhythm, all of that. No, that's not where it's at. That only produces a hollowness. That's why people are longing for a new fix after going to, to a, a party or a nightclub or whatever because that you can't get it there. It comes from a lifestyle of transfusion and transformation through a Christ-led life where he is uh, impacting all areas of our life, every area of our life, uh, with obedience. Number six, joy is the end result of the spiritual disciplines functioning in our lives. God brings about the transformation of our lives through the disciplines, and we will not know genuine joy until there is a transforming work within us. Transform me, Lord. I hope you're saying that right now. God, transform me. I want joy. I want to experience true, heartfelt joy. And it comes by way of allowing his word to literally go in and transform all aspects of our relationships and everything we do and everything we say and every place we go and why we go and what we see and what we look at. All the things that God is transforming all those things. And we can take um, great confidence in knowing that, that he's already done the work. Sometimes we're going out and we're trying to, you know, trying to be obedient. Don't try to be obedient. Rest in the finished work and allow God to work his obedience out as an organic, natural uh, transformation of someone who has given way to God, who's resting in the finished work of Christ. Receive by faith 
what God has already done for you. Don't try to make it up. You know, I, I'm, I've stopped trying to do something. I declare now that this is who I am. This is who I am. Therefore, this is what I do. Uh, but you got to receive that first. Who am I in Christ? This is who I am in Christ. And because this is who I am, you'll begin to see it work itself out. So one day you'll be like, oh my goodness, I just did this. And I wasn't even thinking about it. It's because you are now becoming who you really are. To be is to become. This is who I am. Therefore, this is what I do. It goes far more than just trying to make it work. Trying to make it work is living by the law. And it gets into legalism. And the Bible says law killeth, but the spirit gives life. So we receive the spirit of it by faith. And we stop trying to perform it. We just do it. Number seven, often we try to pump up people to, with joy when in reality nothing has happened in their lives. God has not broken into the routine experiences of their daily existence. Celebration comes when the common ventures of life are redeemed. That means all parts of our life. It's just another way of saying what we've already said. God, redeem all parts of my life. Number eight, it is important to avoid the kind of celebration that really celebrates nothing worse. Nothing. Worse yet, it is to pretend to celebrate when the spirit of celebration is not in us. Our children watch us bless the food and promptly proceed to gripe about it. Blessings that are not blessings. One of the things that nearly destroys children is being forced to be grateful when they are not grateful. If we pretend an air of celebration, our inner spirit is put in contradiction. <laughs> that is that is so true. That is such a that is such a thing. You know, uh, when we really people could call call our bluff, especially our children, when we appear to be celebratory in church and have a good time and worship, and then we act like a jack outside of it. You know, meaning, and I don't I'm not talking about um, the construction that's going on. I'm talking about the 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 that they really know that, man, my, 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 my parents, they're not nearly as happy outside of church as they are in church. There's something wrong. There's something really wrong. They, they should hear you singing in the bathroom in the morning. They should hear you walking around the house dancing and, and celebrating. Uh, even if they don't understand it all, they know there's a consistent pattern here. That, that my parents do the same thing outside of church that they do in church as far as celebration is concerned. That, that their lifestyle outside of church is consistent with their lifestyle within the four walls of church. That they're not pretentious. You know, that they're not showing a side. And, you know, um, and I'm, I don't say this in a boastful way. I say this as a way that I believe my children see that. In my lifestyle, they see a, a consistent way of living life. They know um, they know that there's consistency. That's why I seek to try to be as genuinely as possible as I can and share life stories in church as I do outside, so that my children will see. You know what? 
you know, my, my dad is my dad. And what you see is truly what you see. There's a genuineness there. They, they genuinely see celebration on both sides of the walls, both inside and outside the walls. And that should be the same for all, each and every one of us. And again, not to toot my horn, it's just that that's something that I'm very aware of. I want them to not be religious. I don't want to lead my children to church. I want to lead my children to Christ. I hope that makes sense to you. Whenever that happens, I don't want to lead them to legalism. I want to lead them to the life that is in Christ Jesus by living a life of genuine, authentic relationship, not in perfection, not doing everything perfectly, even though I've been made perfect through Jesus Christ, but doing things in a way where they see a consistent nature of a man who's being transformed day by day. All right? Number nine, a popular teaching today instructs us to praise God in the various difficulties that come into our lives, asserting that there is great transforming power in thus praising God. In its best form, such teaching is a way of encouraging, encouraging us to look up the road a bit through the eye of faith and to see what will be. Now make sure that that's the case. Make sure that we're truly looking up the road and seeing things through the eye of faith. Otherwise, what we're doing when we're praising or thanking God, I'd like to say in the midst of tribulations, not for the tribulations, then, then uh, otherwise it's just, it's just a pretentious thing. It's just pretending. Oh, everything, I'm just praising and worship God. No, you can do that if and only if you're seeing the victory from the beginning. Um, if not, it's just hocus pocus. It's just uh, a pretending. And I'm telling you, your children will call you on it if you are pretending that way. Um, so, so again, don't celebrate um, trials and temptations, uh, the trials you're in. Don't celebrate the actual trial you're in unless you see the victory from the beginning. Okay? Um, it affirms in our hearts the joyful assurance that God takes all things and works them for the good of those who love him. In its worst form, listen to this, this teaching denies the vileness of evil and baptizes the most horrible tragedies as the will of God. Scripture commands us to live in a spirit of thanksgiving in the midst of all situations. It does not command us to celebrate the presence of evil. Now, sometimes things that get locked up into the sovereignty of God and we begin to celebrate God for the sickness, for the disease, for the whatever. Mm -mm, no, 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 no. We don't celebrate God for, we don't celebrate the sickness or the, or the, 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 the trial or whatever. We celebrate in the midst of the trial. We're thankful to God because we know his work in us is a finished work and God will deliver us out of them all. Many are the trials of men, but God will deliver us from them all. That's what we celebrate, his deliverance. My God, he, he will deliver, he has delivered. His word to me is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It's nonsense to celebrate and to praise the actual sickness, 
the actual disease, the actual um, trial that you're in. That is not of God. Know that. That is not of God. And don't let anyone convince you that it is. It is not. It is not. That's all I got to say. It is not. So if you hear teaching that celebrates the sickness, it is not. Why would you celebrate something that you're trying to also get out of? It is not. Know that. All right? All right, real quickly, we're going to finish up with this right here. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, the presence of, uh, or the practice of celebration. One way to practice celebration is through singing, dancing, and shouting. Okay? That's pretty easy. Singing, dancing, and shouting. That's the way we celebrate the fact that he has so changed my life. The fact that he has placed me in jubilee. That I'm free. That his promises to me are yes and amen. And that all things have already been done in Christ Jesus. We celebrate through singing, dancing, and shouting. Because of the goodness of God. Hearts break forth in psalms of hymns and spiritual songs. Worship, praise, adoration flow from our inner chambers. That's a good show that, that God has already finished the work. Jesus said it himself. It is finished. Remember that. It is finished. What's finished? His works toward us. He's already done it all. Receive it by faith. Number two, children dance when they celebrate. So celebration is dancing. Dancing, not not you know, not the not the hoochie coochie kind of dancing, but, but the dancing that comes. You know, a baby, undefiled, two year old doesn't know evil or anything else. You put some music on, and just life causes them to dance. They just want to do something. You know, they just want to dance because God put it in us. That's an expression of joy, is to dance. To rivet. Now make sure that if you know if you're not comfortable with it out in public, you know, you just do it at home. That's when I do it. I don't normally do it out in public unless the spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. I will dance only in that occasion. But at home, I dance. Yes, indeed, I dance. All right, stone. What do you you name it? Um, <laughs> so anyway, dancing is an expression of that. And who knows? Uh, publicly, you know, sometimes I wonder about my family because none of us have a, a real, like in the, in, the, in the truest sense of dancing, people that really, none of us can really dance. None of our children, none that I know of, uh, but we try. Lord knows we try. All right. Um, it says here, David went leaping and dancing before the Lord with all his might. You know, sometimes if you go to a uh, a wedding, especially a cultural kind of wedding, you'll see dancing. When we went over to Africa with my good friend, um, uh, Pastor Fiak Baji, Apostle Fiak Baji, Dr. Fiak Baji, um, man, their church danced. Boy, they danced. You know, and, and, and when over there, when in Rome, you do as the Romans, I dance too. I get in a little circle, we go around and we dance. And But man, they can dance. I mean, they, they can really, really, 
really dance, but it's a beautiful thing to see the nature, the culture, that that came from the heart of God, that kind of dancing. All right, number three, laughing is another way to practice celebration. A merry heart does good like a medicine. So laughing is another expression of joy. Man, we should all have a good belly laugh, a good, you know, rumbling kind of a belly laugh. Uh, one person even said it this way, when they were crippled, dancing helped them to get well again. So, you know, have, take opportunity. Sometimes, you know, I tell you what, a, a good show to watch um, is Andy Griffith and Mayberry. There's just something good about um, uh, the Andy Griffith show that allows you to get a good belly. It's clean, it's wholesome, but it's, I think it's, it's part of the nature of God. And I'm not talking necessarily about Mayberry, but I'm talking about the nature of, of merriment and laughter. Um, that's close to the heart of God. I think if we walk with Jesus, I believe if we walk with Jesus, we would have robust times of laughter. I believe that just being around Jesus, we'll see for ourselves how much he enjoyed the spirit of laughter. Number four, another thing we can do is make family events into times of celebration and thanksgiving. You know, family time should not be humdrum. It shouldn't be that we all go to our separate rooms but family times, festival times, Christmas times, Thanksgiving times, they should, par, uh, birthday parties, we should make a big deal out of them. We should celebrate them because uh, of the spirit of celebration that I believe God has placed in us. The nation of Israel, they, they partied. They celebrated con, uh, quite often, and, and a lot of it was introduced to them by law. Like, you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to have a festival of a festival of, of this, a festival of Passover. All of those things were times to remember what God has done and to celebrate. And so when we get with our families, we should make it a point to celebrate, to have a good time. And, and lastly, well, almost lastly, um, we can do, we, the fifth thing we can do is take advantage of, of uh, festivals um, and celebrations um, like Christmas, and I think I've already mentioned that. Man, let's make it a, a festive time. The year closes out. Make sure you're not just grinding and working during this time, that you truly take some time to celebrate and enjoy and to, you know, to, to um, eat a good meal or good meals and, and good, wonderful comfort foods that make us feel good. January's coming. You can fast in January. But man, as you close out the year, not over, don't overdo it though, but celebrate. Have the kind of look that I have on my face right now of merriment. Just a celebration that you really enjoy life. It is life is good. Life is wonderful. Celebrate it. Last thing. Celebration gives us the strength to live. It's the last thing that um, Richard J. Foster says in his book. Celebration gives us the strength to live in all the other disciplines. When faithfully pursued, the other disciplines bring us deliverance from those things that, that have made us our lives miserable for years 
for years which in turn evokes increased celebration. Thus, an unbroken circle of life and power is formed. Let me read that last part one more time. Disciplines bring us deliverance from those things that have made our lives miserable for years, which in turn evokes increased celebration. Thus, an unbroken circle of life and power is formed. So as we close out this wonderful book by Richard J. Foster, know that these disciplines bring us to a place, a place where we can truly celebrate. By doing these small things daily, then we get to a place where the small things become big things and the big things lead us to a place of celebration. You know, if you take time to spend time in the Word of God, it may seem initially as a very small thing, but the Bible describes it as this, that the smallest of all seeds, that the kingdom of God is like that. It becomes, first of all, it is the smallest of all things, of all seeds, and one day it becomes the largest of all, the kingdom. And it begins to be in us a tremendous place of celebration. And so understand, do, do not despise the day of small beginnings because God delights in them. So don't despise those little celebrations of, of solitude and silence and meditation and fasting and prayer and and humility and, and all of those wonderful things that, that if we practice them daily, if we routinely practice these types of things, we're going to have an overflow of the freedom that God has purchased and bought for us and he expects us to enjoy. I am free for Christ has set me free and you too are free. Take his yoke upon you and learn about him for his yoke is easy and his burdens are light. You are exactly who he says you are. And if you'll take and receive that and walk that out daily, you'll experience so much freedom in your life that you will not be able to contain the joy. God bless you. God bless you. And I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope you go back and listen to them on occasion. Go back and read the notes. Pick up the book and read it. Many of you that are members of our church, you've got the book. Set it aside a year from now, two years from now, go back over it again. These are the things that make it so that we have a glide in our stride and a pep in our step. Amen. God bless you. Remember uh, this coming for those of you that are members or if you're not a member, uh, if you go to our website, you can go to, uh, we're going to have an online Christmas party this Friday, a, a virtual Christmas party. We're going to look at one of our, our plays from 2017. Prior to, we're going to have a meet and greet kind of a time uh, online uh, starting at 6.30. I will be there. My wife will be there. Hopefully our family will be there. And we'll get to look at you on Zoom and get to see your faces again. Uh, we've missed many of you. Some of you have not been able to come out uh, during the week. 
And so we just want you to be able to be there with us and enjoy. I want to see your face. Just have a time of communing. Uh, I remember the 2017 uh, Christmas play. It was wonderful. It was done. There was a whole lot of people involved in it. And so we're going to play that and together enjoy it, spend some time watching it, and just enjoy uh, one another that uh, uh, Friday evening starting at 6.30. So take some time, you know, maybe get you out some goodies, some, some, some you know, whatever you like to eat on, snack on, and let's watch that together. Let's celebrate together. One thing I do know is that God did not intend for us to be isolated. He intended for us to be together. And so let's take some time to see one another's faces and see maybe some faces we've not seen in a little while. As we watch this year come to an end and prepare ourselves, God willing, for the 2021 uh, year. Um, so look online. I think we got some information on our Facebook page and today on this site about it. And also we uh, receive offering. Uh, this is our Bible study evening. So um, there should be information uh, um, to, as to how you can give online. Go, go also visit our new website, uh, our newly rebuilt, constructed website. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's really, really good, uh, really wonderful, really clean, easy to get to, easy to navigate, easy to get to where, we're, where you need to go. So you can go to newdaycc.com and look at our new website. It's upgraded. It really, really looks good. And so um, go check that out as well. And, and send it to other people that you know. So 6.30 um, Sunday, uh, Friday evening, the 18th. Um, uh, prepare yourself for that. And, um, and also, if you want to give, newdaycc.com. You can give online. You can text and give. You can give online, or you can use our app. All those wonderful ways. And thank you so much for your giving. Let's pray, and we will close out. And let's thank Richard J. Foster. I don't know if he'll ever get this video or not, but if he does... He's still living. So if he does, we want to thank you, Richard J. Foster, from hearing for God and producing uh, a wonderful work. And we give you the credit for it. I know I add a lot of commentary to it, but the work you receive from the Spirit of God. And we appreciate you so much for it. And we thank you all that have watched us. And uh, this will be our last Bible study for 2020. Now, we'll put some things online, of course. Uh, next week and the week after, but this will be the last one to end up the year. And we thank God for it. We made it through the book. Praise God for you. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for each and every person who's uh, been able to watch this, uh, this um, online uh, Bible study. And thank you once more for your love for us, that you've already finished the work, that we don't have to strive any longer for your attention. We don't have to perform for you. Uh, you've already given us your own heart. The Spirit of Christ lives in us this very moment, this very day. And I pray, Father, that you would draw people uh, to this broadcast to receive from it, to receive the value of, of, of these disciplines. And Father, we thank you so much today for what you have done for each one of our lives. We thank you, Father, for this festival of Christmas, the Christmas season, as we um, um, think about what Christ has done for us. And, Father, we thank you for the obedience that abides in us. We call ourselves your obedient ones, and we are. We will do 
those things that you've called us to do, not in our own strength, but by your spirit. We bless you, Father, for this day, for this evening. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, and we'll see you hopefully um, Sunday, I mean, Friday evening at 6.30 uh, on Zoom. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye.